welcome to You Dive Deep, where we dive into a single question each week and navigate through this tough thing we call life. Come on, let's dive in. Hey, welcome to a very different episode of You Dive Deep. This is going to be a Q&A bonus episode because I've been kind of collecting a bunch of different questions that listeners have been sending over to me and I never really addressed it until now. I actually also reached out to some of my friends to see if they had any questions and they sent me some emails, texts, and of course, voice files I'm going to be kind of sprinkling in throughout the episode. The questions range everything from what my podcast is about, how it got started, along with just a bunch of silly and mindless things. That might be foreshadowing on the type of questions that we get, but hey, let's just dive right into some of these questions that we have. Mailbag time. The first question comes in from Stanley Vanter, all the way from Jenks, Oklahoma, who asks, what is all the equipment that you use? I am looking into getting into podcasting and don't know where to start. I may not be the greatest person to give podcast advice, but because you asked me, I will answer to the best of my ability. I use a Blue Yeti X mic, and I really love this mic because it gives a lot of customizations. It has a little gain knob right in the front where you can kind of adjust it on the go, and it just has a lot of different kind of customizable things that I pretty much enjoy that comes from a mic. Along with that, I have a Stedman pop filter and the entire setup is actually connected from a blue compass boom arm that kind of connects to my desk. So it kind of is able to float above me. So it almost feels like I'm like a DJ or like a real radio host and things like that. The Blue Yeti X mic also has a little spot where you can plug in a headphone and the headphones that I use is an Audio-Technica ATH M50X. You don't really need to get any kind of fancy headphones. It's just a headphone that I've had around for a while. And it's also wired. Whereas nowadays, I feel like everyone has like a Bluetooth headphone and things like that. So I went out, looked for a wired headphone that I still had. And I had these Audio Technicas for a little while. So it kind of worked perfectly to utilize during the podcast. When it comes to audio softwares, that Blue Yeti X mic that I mentioned also comes with like an audio software called a Logitech G Hub. And what that does, it kind of provides you some customizations to play around with different voice filters and whatnot, trying to make your voice sound a little bit better than how it sounds in like a normal recording. I hate the sound of my own voice, but I did have a lot of fun messing around with the Logitech G Hub. And I definitely utilize a couple of, not presets, I messed around with some of the presets to kind of match my voice to make it sound the way that I enjoy. But when it comes to editing, I just use Audacity. And for those of you who don't know what Audacity is, it's a completely free software and it has its limitations. But for someone like me who is just making a little amateur podcast, it does exactly what I need it to do. And the best part of Audacity is, hey, it's free, like I mentioned. So that old adage of if it's free, it's for me. Lastly, when it comes to publishing software, I utilize Anchor currently. It has been giving me a little hiccups here and there, but for the most part, I enjoy it because it essentially is foolproof. You record a podcast, you upload it, and then it essentially automatically puts it out into all the different places where people consume it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, iHeartRadio. It goes everywhere. So it works really well because it leaves little work for me, and I am a pretty lazy person, so I do appreciate all the extra help that I can get. Also, another thing with Anchor is it's also free, so that's going to be a common theme with some of the things that I do, trying to cut corners. But my biggest advice is don't allow the limitations of not having the quote-unquote correct equipment holding you back from starting a podcast, because as long as you have Anchor, you could pretty much utilize anything. If you only have like AirPods and that's the best mic that you have and headphones set up, 
just do it. And what you can do with Audacity is you could probably clean it up if you would like to, or if you don't, just start putting it out there because I'm sure a lot of podcasters can relate. Your first episode, no matter how long you prepare for it, is going to be a little bit cringy, or at least it was for me. Whenever I hear back to my first couple of episodes, even though my show is pretty consistent, stays around the same central theme, I listen back saying, oh man, there are so many better things that I could have done, but hey, just starting is the hardest kind of thing to do. So go out, do it, and you'll be very happy that you did. The next question comes from Ryan Triller from Grays Lake, Illinois, and he asks, how long does an episode take to make from start to finish? Now, this is a fantastic question because a lot of the times people think that podcasts are essentially just like a conversation that you record and then you just upload it. While that's not far from the truth, I'll try to go through the steps that I take from start to finish when it comes to creating an episode of You Dive Deep. One of the most time consuming things actually for the show is identifying the guests that I would like to have on. There was a point where I had a publicist kind of reach out to me and kind of sending me guests, and that was really cool, but I felt like the quality of the show wasn't the best because I wasn't very familiar with the guests. Like, I didn't have set chemistry. I wasn't very close with them. So whenever they would join my podcast, it was very evident they didn't see any of the show docs or anything like that that I sent, and I'll go over that in just a second. But just reaching out and identifying what guests that I want to have on the show actually takes me a little bit of time because I want to ensure that it doesn't kind of mess with the integrity of what I'm trying to put out there. After I identify what guests that I want to have the show and establish a day and time of when we're going to record, I actually send them like a vault of questions. On my phone, I have like 70 some questions to kind of be potential topics for future You Dive Deep episodes. And the reason I do this is because I would hate to reach out to a guest saying, hey, thanks for coming on my show. By the way, come up with the topic and let me know and then we'll be good to go. I really want to find questions that resonates really well with my guests, with their background and experiences. So I'll send questions like, why do we lie? What is ego? What is love? And hopefully when I send them like a slew of questions, they'll maybe either A, identify a question that I send them that they really want to talk about, or B, it kind of gets the creative juices flowing in their brain saying, oh, you know what? This question reminds me of this other question that I've been pondering for a while, and I would love to have this as a topic for the show. When we finally figure out what the question and topic of the show is, I essentially show them a little show doc that says, hey, this is what time we're going to record on this platform, and that's pretty much it. I don't like to disclose too much of the questions that I'm going to be asking because I want it to be very natural during the podcast. So afterwards on my own, I kind of do a little bit of research into the question where I kind of try to figure out, hey, where do I want this to go? Or if there are any lulls, what are some kind of informational things I could sprinkle in? The research phase doesn't take long at all. It only takes like 15, 20 minutes at most. And when I finally feel like I've done sufficient amount of research to be able to support any kind of topics and conversations, now we get to the recording day. I usually sit down and have a conversation with my guests for about a little over an hour. And I know for season two, I've been trying to aim to keep it a little bit shorter than season one. But whenever the whole recording is over, they typically end around 60 to 80 minutes long. And now we approach the longest phase of this entire process, which is the editing process. Like I disclosed earlier, I use Audacity, and I'm sure there is a much more productive and efficient way of doing it, but I essentially start it from the beginning, listen to it, and as I'm listening, I make little adjustments with everyone's answers, making sure that there's no er, ums, or ahs, and just trying to ensure that it's the highest quality that an amateur can make it. And this typically takes me, well, 
if an episode is about 60 minutes, I always say like double or triple. It maybe takes me two or three hours to get all the way through making all the adjustments and edits and ensuring the quality sounds pretty decent, at least for myself. Finally, I upload that sucker onto Anchor. I kind of get that scheduled to be released on Monday mornings because that's normally when my episodes go out. And that's pretty much done. After that, it's just kind of promoting, making little graphics on Instagram, social media, trying to interact with the community, letting them a new episode is out. But yeah, I know that was kind of long, but that is my process, at least from start to finish of You Dive Deep. Hey, Tommy, this is Josh with the Mindless Morning Show. And my question to you is, what do you hope to achieve with your podcast by the end of the year? And also why? This is a fantastic question because I feel like everyone podcasts for a different reason. For me, it's not about the listens, not about the subscribers and things like that. And I know that's a very cliche kind of thing to say, but I've been pretty upfront always letting people know that I enjoy podcasting for the sake of podcasting. I enjoy having conversations with people because I love to talk as everyone has probably come to figure out very quickly on my show. And for the most part, what I hope to accomplish by the end of the year is at least being able to be consistent consistent with my show and being able to get good guests and just having a lot of fun in the process. I know that's kind of a cop-out answer. Of course, there's a little bit of me that says, hey, if I get more listeners, that's great. But at the end of the day, I'm trying my best not to steer away from the true thesis of why I started the show. I know a lot of the times I mention that this is almost like an audio diary for myself. Anytime I have self-doubt or I'm struggling in any phase of any of the questions that we went over, I can just kind of go back and say, oh, wait, I might have had this conversation with Ray or, oh, hold on. I had this thing with Vito. Uh, it's a conversation that I had before. And so I could pull it back, listen, and it kind of brings me some peace of mind. It just brings me joy knowing that I've had these great experiences, great conversations with people that I admire and I adore. So I feel like the long-winded way of answering this question would be, by the end of the year, I hope that I don't stray too far from what I hope the show can be. And honestly, it's mostly for me. It's just the joy that other people like to listen along with me. But for the most part, I try not to get caught up too much in the politics of podcasting, you know, trying to get the most listens, getting the best stats or even getting sponsorships and things like that. Although that would be nice, it's definitely not a goal for me. So what I hope to accomplish is definitely just being consistent, making sure that my show is still fun for me and that my guests have a good time. Now, the next question comes from Amelia Rose from Salami. Hi, so I wanted to know, how do you keep up your motivation for podcasting and scheduling guests? And also, what was the inspiration for your show? Motivation is actually definitely one of the hardest things when it comes to podcasting, because once again, this is like a hobby, something that I do for fun, just like most other podcasters. And for me, there are definitely times where I lose that motivation, where I have a really busy work week, or I'm just not having a good day, and I feel like I don't have the time to be able to do something. But the way that my show is structured is it is not really up to me. The way that I put it is I always have a guest that's going to be on a show with me. So they keep me accountable saying, hey, Tommy, we're still recording this Saturday or we're still recording on Tuesday night. Right. And I can't let them down. I have to say, oh, no, absolutely. We are still doing that. And so in a way, I kind of set up a structure that I feel like I can't fail because other people are depending on me and I never want to let others down. So it's almost like I'm OK with letting myself down, but I don't want to let other people down. And so some of the motivation, of course, is all 
also at the end of the day, when I do a podcast or finish it, regardless of how I'm feeling beforehand, tired, stressed out, whatever, at the end, I'm always so rejuvenated and so happy that I had a conversation with someone that I admire. So a lot of my motivation definitely comes from others. Now, for the second part of the question, for my inspiration of the show and kind of why I started it, is something that I might have disclosed in past episodes and little tidbits. I'm at the point in my life where my wife and I are discussing about starting a family, so then I really had to look at myself in the mirror and kind of had that thought of, wow, I really want to be a good dad. I want my kids to love and respect me, but how can I have that expectation if I don't love and respect myself? And so I went through this whole phase, uh, a spiritual journey, if you will, where I started to look inward a lot. And I guess the pandemic ironically helped a lot because we were isolated a lot more. So this caused me to be able to really hone in and look at myself in the mirror. And I had to almost force myself saying, hey, if I don't love and respect myself right now, let's make some changes because I would need to make a change to kind of be someone that I want my kids to look up to. So while I was having this inner monologue, if you will, I started to think, hey, what if I just have conversations with people that I really look up to and have these fun conversations to kind of get their insight to teach me a thing or two? And boom, right there, that was kind of where the podcast was born. Essentially, the thesis and kind of the thought of this podcast is you dive deep. We dive into a single question each week with a new guest. And the whole point of it is none of us are experts. We're all just trying to figure out how to get through life, how to navigate through it. We're all going through it together, and it's been so much fun, and I feel like I'm getting so much out of it, and that's another reason why I feel so motivated, and I'm so excited to see where the show has been going. The next question comes from Alicia Nolan from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they ask, when will Emily be on your podcast? Like I just discussed before, Emily is my wife, and I definitely did ask her if she would want to be on the podcast, and she was a little bit reluctant, mainly because she is a school teacher, so she doesn't want to like put herself out there too much. She's not on social media as much as it is, so she doesn't want to have like a big footprint, so she likes to stay under the radar, off the grid, if you will, so it's definitely not something that I'm trying to force her to do, but hey, maybe season three, hey, maybe even the season two finale could be Emily. I don't really know how that looks like yet, so... We will see what that holds. I'm hoping that she gets on the show eventually so you guys can kind of hear and see the person that puts up with me on a daily basis, but my fingers are crossed and hoping that she eventually joins the show at some point. Hey, Tommy and you dive deep listeners. My name is Bilal. Before I say my questions, I gotta say, you know, this is actually my way of being a part of Tommy's podcast. I've been trying to get on for a while now, and he just, I don't don't know, there's something he has against me, maybe, so he doesn't want me on. Tommy's gonna get so pissed at this. Little did he know this was my way of getting on, but here we go. Who and or what are your inspirations? What's your perfect meal? What do you like doing on your spare time? Alright, thank you, Tommy, for having me on. You all better subscribe to Tommy's podcast. This guy's releasing, you know, some dope content for you guys. It's season two already, so so make sure you guys hop on that before, you know, this podcast gets too big and, you know, you're going to seem like a bandwagon if you if you don't subscribe in the beginning right now. So do that, do that, and follow him too on all this stuff. All right, take care, guys. Take care, Tommy. Wow, only Bilal could kind of deliver a question with that much magnitude. 
you know? Nah, I'm just kidding. But one thing I did want to say before answering his questions were we actually had an episode, Bilal and I, and I had a bunch of technical difficulties and he's not the only one. I've had a handful of interviews that kind of have backlogged and I had a lot of technical difficulties where I lost a bunch. So I know he was joking saying he's been trying to get on, but it's very true. He was actually supposed to be on. And then of course the memes of, oh, he just must have deleted it because he didn't like it. Well, it is funny, but at the same time, Bilal, I promise to have you on. But hey, let's tackle some of the questions that you threw my way. My inspirations are pretty simple. I feel like it's a cop-out answer, but it's definitely my wife, Emily, and a lot of my close friends. I don't want to get specific because I don't want to leave anyone out, but they honestly serve as a great source of encouragement, rejuvenation, energy. Anytime I'm not having a good day or anything like that, I just kind of reach out to them. Not saying, hey, I'm not having a good day. I just say, oh, hey, what's going on? And just in brief, short conversations, they kind of let me know how they're doing. We just talk about nonsense. It just in that little moment, I feel better. And the reason that they serve as such great inspirations, especially my wife, is I want to be the best version of myself for them. And I know it should also be for myself, but I don't want to let people down. And I just need to try to represent myself in a way where they are proud to have me in their lives type of thing. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a bother and things like that. So it's almost these different types of expectations that I leave for myself kind of propel myself to be inspired or trying to be motivated by these different types of people that I keep in my life. Now, the next question of what is your perfect meal? I love this because this is kind of the question that I've been leaning on season two as a palate cleanser. And for me, it's quite simple. For those of you who don't know, I have been a vegetarian for about a year, a year and a half now. So that definitely takes a lot of kind of things off the table. But one of my favorite meals of all times, and I'll keep it very simple, if it were to be my last meal, it would be ramen. I know that kind of sounds basic, but I and I'm not talking about those like 25 cent chicken flavored ramen. I'm talking about some good old shin ramen. I know I have to get like the special kind that doesn't use like bone meal or like any kind of animal byproducts. But but whenever I get this ramen, I usually poach an egg right inside of it. Sometimes when I'm feeling spunky, maybe even a slice of cheese, I get kind of nuts with it. And it's honestly like the most comforting thing in the world. And I know everyone says ramen is like so bad for you, which is true. You get like three days worth of sodium in one meal. But for me, it is my last meal. I get to kind of splurge out. And as basic as it sounds, it's definitely gonna be some ramen with some uh, panchan of kimchi and things like that. So I got to pay a little homage to my Korean background. And then of course, dessert means like four gallons of mint chocolate chip ice cream because I live that ice cream life. My waist is kind of evidence of the type of lifestyle that I have when it comes to dessert. Uh, but when it comes to drinks, uh, I really like water, kind of be there like a hydro homie, if you will. So yeah, it would be ramen. Then I guess have a tummy ache because I have way too much ice cream, then wash it down with some water and then just kind of be in a food coma until my demise. And lastly, what do I like to do on my spare time? I feel like I have a handful of hobbies, which definitely includes this podcast, but other things I really enjoy are people really get to know that I'm a huge sports fan. I really enjoy watching football, hockey, basketball, soccer, all the big ones, minus baseball, but I'm hoping some of my friends will help me get into baseball, but I'm a huge avid sports fan along with, you know, some video games on my free time. I try to play casually, mostly sports games, some Fortnite with my friends, things like that, nothing too serious. And I'm also really into videography. I used to do wedding videography 
photography and I just recently upgraded a lot of my equipment. So hoping to get out there and being able to do a little bit more of that. And last but not least, of course, I really enjoy playing the ukulele. I've been I used to perform around at different venues and things like that. So it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, so these are all the different types of hobbies that I have. Oh, also one last thing is I got a turntable about like a year ago. And so just being able to sit back, listen to a lot of albums and really trying to appreciate what the artist is putting out there. I feel like, yeah, that's kind of like an overview of what I enjoy doing on my free time. Now I have a handful of questions from the beautiful Jen from her show, Speculate With Us. Her first question asks, what is your favorite color? This is actually a pretty intense question because I feel like my favorite color changes all the time. My favorite color for the longest time was purple, but I feel like I never really own a lot of wardrobe, nor am I ever in a situation where I could show off that that's my favorite color. But more recently, I've been really gravitating towards the color yellow. I don't know. It's just bright happy reminds me of energy sunshine i don't it's just something about yellow makes me really really happy so i've been really leaning into that so i feel like i own a lot of tie-dye with yellow in it and just like brighter colored clothes because i used to own a lot of dark colored clothes not that i had like an emo phase or anything like that but all my clothes were either black dark gray or it just didn't have a lot of color so it's almost like i'm pivoting now to be like hey now i love yellow this is a huge bright color and that kind of kind of fits who i am as a person it's on brand if you will the next question that jen asks is what is my favorite food and i know this is kind of similar to what bilal asked but I feel like it's different because my favorite food, I wouldn't say is ramen. It's definitely up there as one of my favorite foods, but to be cop out, it's definitely just Korean food. But I guess to dive in a little bit more, I'm a huge fan of kimchi, tteokbokki, uh, and it's a little bit harder to eat Korean food nowadays because I am vegetarian, but it's definitely high up there. But other types of food that I would say is in the category of my favorite food, besides like ramen and Korean food, is might make me sound old, but I'm like a huge fan of soup. I know this sounds really weird, but like I love French onion soup. I love gazpacho. I love butternut squash soup, baked potato, like all these different types of soups are honestly like the most comforting thing. And everyone's like, how can soup be your favorite food? That's like like a side. I'm like, no, no, it could be a whole on meal. And for me, yeah, of course, I love soup more when it's cold outside. But even when it's hot outside, I don't mind soup. Like it's pretty refreshing. Have a nice salad with a side of soup. I understand eating soup at like a 90 degree day does not sound ideal. But for the most part, I don't eat my food outside because like I really enjoy air conditioning. So I'm almost always inside when I'm eating. And you could even ask my wife anytime we go to a restaurant, like, oh, would you want to sit in or out? Emily always asks, oh, what do you think? I always say, oh, whatever you want. But the undertone is, we better be eating inside because I don't want to be sweating or swatting flies when I'm outside. So yeah, for the most part, Really love Asian food, like Korean, ramen, even love Chinese food, Japanese food, all that kind of stuff. But when it really comes down to it, I really, really like soup. And I feel like that might be another reason why I like ramen. I mean, ramen is essentially just like soup with just like noodles in it. So I guess it kind of makes sense, right? Now, Jen's next question is, why aren't you doing a stand-up ukulele combo act? Like I prefaced before, I actually used to do an act that was very similar to this. I have a background in stand-up comedy, improv, and just recently been taking ukulele a bit more seriously, but I had this whole like musical act where it would kind of play off each other. It wouldn't be like a full-on stand-up act. It would essentially be a musical act, but I would kind of incorporate 
a story or a theme or something like that. So my biggest thing when it comes to ukulele, I don't play any originals because I'm not talented enough for that. I play a lot of different covers, but my whole shtick when it comes to performing is I enjoy playing ukulele songs that people don't tend to expect. Whenever I play the ukulele, everyone's always asking, oh, play Riptide. Somewhere Over the Rainbow, I'm Yours, Hey Soul Sister, which are all great songs in its own right. But then I always like to throw on here, hold on, let me play Get Low by Lil John or Candy Shop or Thrift Shop. Things like that that people don't really expect to be heard because it takes them by surprise. And just seeing their reaction where I'm trying to sing all these songs that they don't expect on this tiny little instrument, it brings me a lot of great joy. And then, of course, I try to weave in little bits of stories and kind of my journey through the whole process of music. Lastly, Jen asks, will you be my best friend? Uh, I feel like the fact that she even asked that question hurts me because I was already assuming we were best friends. So I'll totally bypass that and look at the next question. Kareem, who is an audio engineer, you can follow him at Kareem underscore digital on Instagram. He asks, do your questions have to be purely philosophical? I feel like this is a fantastic question because I'm inclined to say no, mostly because you could essentially make any question philosophical, if you will. I almost use that word interchangeably into just saying we could kind of dive deep in any question. It doesn't have to have its rooted essence to be philosophical. And a second question that Kareem brought up is a potential topic that he would like to hear me discuss in a future episode. One of the questions that he pitched is, why do women wear dresses and men wear pants? And then he kind of went along and said, we know that women wear pants too, but it's not very popular for men to wear a dress. So this question within itself, I guess, isn't the most philosophical, but the way I try to tackle it is, hey, let's just dive deep into it, not not just answering the question on the surface. So this definitely could be a topic that I try to discuss with the future guests, which I'm excited about. So thank you for asking that question, Kareem. Hey, Tommy, this is Dakota from the Mindless Morning Show and Death Shifter. And I got a question for you. If you could get rid of one bodily function but have to enhance another one, which ones would you choose? And give us a detailed explanation of why. What an epic question from Dakota. And honestly, this question was really easy for me. If I were to completely eliminate a bodily function, maybe this doesn't even count. But does sleeping count? Because if sleeping counts, I would definitely eliminate that. Because I feel like if I just didn't need sleep... I would be so much more efficient. Do I enjoy sleeping? Oh, absolutely. But if you think about it, just think of how much time that you waste just kind of doing nothing, just resting, recharging, whatever you want to call it. So if I were to completely able to eliminate that, yeah, I would probably be a little bit bored more often than not, but just being able to utilize the full 24 hours in a day and just always being uh, fully efficient without getting tired. I think that would be super dope. And once again, I don't know if this is another cop-out answer. Maybe this is so easy for me because these probably aren't even bodily functions, if you will. But I guess metabolism, if I'm able to enhance that, yo, could you imagine right now whenever I smell cookies or like look at a piece of pizza, I gain like 20 pounds. But if I had a great metabolism, like think of it like an Olympian. Yeah, well, I guess their metabolism works because they work out and aren't lazy like me. But in this hypothetical situation, if I could just ramp up my metabolism where I could not like eat like junk and never gain weight, that's like not fair. But if I can just at least have a better metabolism than I have now, I would be happy. I would be happy just being able to actually eat like three meals in a day and not feel super bloated and feel like I have to like fast forever. Like right now, I typically skip breakfast mostly because 
I don't know. It might be a thing when I was growing up. Anytime I would eat early in the morning, I would always get nauseous. So maybe that's like something I should get looked into. But I, at most for breakfast, I'll probably have some kind of tea or something, but nothing of actual substance. And my first meal isn't right around until lunchtime, maybe like noon to one. And that's when I typically like to have my bigger meal. I'll have like a salad, some chips, uh, stuff like that. And then dinner, I try to keep a little bit lighter. But once again, my metabolism is terrible. So that's why I tend to try to eat my bigger meal in the middle of the day. So I have the rest of the day to attempt to burn it off. But yo, if I could enhance my metabolism, oh man, I would be so happy. So now think of someone who is almost never hangry or never grumpy because they're tired because I'll just be running at full efficiency. I feel like people would hate to hang out with me being like, yo, do you ever have an off button? Last but not least, the final question that I want to attack for this episode comes from Gabby for Ginger Garbage, and she just asked, if you were to put a chameleon in front of a mirror, what color does it turn? You know, my gut is boring, and it's telling me that, like, if a chameleon is green, or at least the chameleons I'm thinking of are green, I'm probably wrong, but if it were to see itself in the mirror, it'll probably just stay the same, maybe, or stay green, but then I did hours and hours of research in this, and all of my research indicates that a black hole will rip into our dimension and it'll just end life as we know it. So as far as we know, no chameleons have seen itself or seen a mirror or anything ambiguous like that because we are all still alive. But Gabby, I am pleading with you, please don't do this. You'll have too much power, please. We don't need to open up a black hole as we know it. So I appreciate all of you guys sticking around for so long. We've already been going for almost half an hour of just fun Q&As, but I just wanted to kind of do this episode just to kind of have a little bit of a refresher as itself, just kind of answering some questions I've been getting through emails, texts, and things like that. So I appreciate everyone that has reached out and also submitted audio files. I'm looking forward to maybe doing these once a season or something like that. So I'll definitely continue to collect some questions that I receive along the way. But thank you everyone that participated and hey, take it easy and I'll see you next time. Take care. So it's your turn to think about the question. What does it all mean to you? Don't be afraid to really dive deep and ponder the question. Until next time.